Hello, everyone. Rev Brad here, and you're listening to Soccer Chaplains United's podcast from the touchline. Today, I have a special friend joining me all the way from Sweden, Matthias Odestig. Matthias and I have gotten to know each other a little bit through some mutual friends that work in global sports chaplaincy, and I've enjoyed seeing his passion and heart for professional athletes, especially for footballers who are currently playing in Sweden. Matthias played football in Sweden for some 12 years, and he shares a little bit about his story and journey with us in the podcast today. We even get a chance to play a virtual round of Koob. If you don't know what that is, you'll have to give a listen. So stay tuned. We visit with Matthias right after this. He's found the space, and he's found the back of the net. Just a little off foot, thinking he's going to go far post. Not strong enough with his right hand. Whips that one in. Far post, almost made him in, and they have... He has the hat-trick, the second in his career, the third of the night, the hat-trick hero. Talked about you're not going to be able to sustain that kind of pressure. To the corner, goes towards the near post, and you're at the angle, and what a goal! What a goal! Matthias, welcome to the podcast today. Oh, thank you, Brad. It's a pleasure to be a guest in, in your pod. Yes, uh, this is great. The way that we've been connected uh, through a mutual friend, through Global Sports Chaplaincy, and getting to learn about you, uh, it was, it's been fantastic to get to know a little bit of your story. But I want to hear more of your story, and I want you to share your story with, uh, with our listeners today. So, Matthias, as we begin today, uh, maybe share a little bit about where you were born, uh, coming from and being in Sweden and, and where you grew up and, and what that kind of looked like for probably most of our audience will be uh, based in the United States, but not everyone will be American or, or from the U.S. So maybe share with us a little bit about growing up and your, your, uh, just your home in Sweden. I grew up in uh, the north of Sweden in a small city called Örnsköldsvik or Örvik, you say. Um, probably most famous for the hockey players coming from from that city. We have exported a lot of players uh, over to NHL. Um, name name the the best hockey player to come from that from your the town. The best hockey player I I have to uh, it's hard. the best one is Peter Forsberg, of course. Oh yeah, and yeah. I know I know Peter well because I live in Colorado, so he's been part of our team and and helped us win. Uh, and the Stanley yeah. Cup. Yeah, true. And then we have the twins, you know, Selim and Marcus Naslund and so. So we are we are very proud of our our hockey players from the city. So that's where I grew up in a small city. It's a it's a kind of church city at the same time as it, it's a sport city. Very safe environment, and I'm very thankful for my background from that from that city. My my parents and my sisters are still living there. Um, it's a winter climate. It's about um, what we say six or seven hours north from from Stockholm, and um, it was a safe um, safe background. My my wife is uh, from Luleå. That's uh, even further north from from Örnsköldsvik. So we we lived there uh, some years after getting married. Um, but my childhood is from uh, from Örnsköldsvik. Now, now, Matthias, uh, you didn't. You're not a professional hockey player, though. You're a professional footballer, 
or soccer players, we say uh, sometimes in the U.S., what happened? Why did you not follow in the footsteps or, or were you actually playing? You were, I I can, I can imagine maybe the story is you were playing against Peter on, on the ice uh, somewhere in your town and he knocked you into the side one time and and you just said, I'm done. I'm not playing. What, what is the story? Why, why did you play football and not hockey? Yeah. I I don't actually have any hockey story, any hockey background. I I didn't uh, attend any hockey club actually. So I was I was uh, I became a football player and I was a cross country ski skier, so that was uh, what I was choosing in between um, cross country skiing and football playing. And when I was about uh, fifteen years old, it it was clear that I was going to continue with my football playing. I went on on to the next uh, the the school where I was able to attend the, the football profile and so on. So I, I quitted the cross country skiing and then I just continued playing football but um, I'm in the same age or about the same age as the the twins so I've been playing football against them and they were very very skilled football players as well as hockey players so they they made a real difference when they were in the game so tell me in your opinion which is more popular in Sweden hockey or football It's a hard question. I would, I don't know what to answer. Yeah, hockey or football? In the north of Sweden, it is hockey. And sure. In the south of Sweden, maybe. But uh, yeah, maybe we are a hockey hockey country. Mm. Yeah. Well, many of the good exports have have been uh, from your country have have certainly been in hockey. We have, we we can appreciate that here in the U.S. Yeah, so. that's true. I, I used to say that my my favorite team, the another name of my city is the Heart of Hockey. But that um, that's not true anymore because we're we're playing in the second division mm. since a couple of years ago. But um, yeah, we have exported. So I used to say that our first team is playing in NHL and our second team is playing in a, in the Swedish league from from my team's perspective. So yeah, we have uh, so many good players coming from from uh, my city and from Sweden. But certainly too, there are excellent footballers that Sweden has exported or that play. Uh, uh, I don't know. Perhaps it goes without saying, but the most famous one, Zlatan, maybe. Would that be yeah. true, or or would there be one that you would say, ah, this person might be there as well? Absolutely true. That's uh, that's number one, Zlatan. He's yeah, he's the best, and now he's back in the national team again this yeah. week, actually. So that's amazing. Thirty-nine years old and, and back in, in the national team again. Yes, he, he is amazing. He played in Colorado, I think, one time, and there's a a story. the The team that he was playing for, LA Galaxy, had lost here against us. We're we're a very high altitude city, yeah. and um, he was very upset. And I remember he was coming down the hallway and we have these panels in the ceiling. Um, maybe you can see in the picture, uh, the panel in my own home, but, uh, I forget if he threw something, but he destroyed one of these panels. He was so angry. He, I, I don't know if he threw his boot up in the air or something, but the panel just got 
uh, a jar and everybody was like, oh, it's, it's only a panel. It's only a panel. <laughs> but very passionate, very passionate. I remember one of our younger players uh, had, had done really well in the game. And he went, he, he kept going to Zlatan several times, like, Zlatan, will, will, you, will you exchange with me? Will you exchange the jersey? And Zlatan finally did uh, in the back room, in the back area. And I think that was a, a key moment where, uh, you know, the passion of the game that Zlatan exhibited and his, his tenacity, his ferociousness, like I think there's still something to him where uh, professional and, and has a heart for people. So, um, but yeah, certainly one of the most famous Swedes that, uh, that has, has played the game for sure. Yeah, Powerful yeah, story. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Matthias, what would you say um, from your playing days? And, and maybe just share with us a little bit of, of how it is in Sweden. You know, here in the U.S., we, we have several different ways that a, uh, an athlete, um, male or female, can, can ascend to the professional ranks. Um, you know, they, they can play for a, a club team. They can play football in a club setting and then maybe become a professional. They can play in our academy systems. So the professional teams usually have uh, an academy team or several teams that they could advance through and maybe earn a contract. And then we also have uh, the ability to go to college or university and still play for a university team and then be scouted or recruited out of, uh, or once you've finished your, your college university days to, to maybe play a professionally as well. So in Sweden, is it similar in that way, or is there a particular path? And, and what was the path that you took to to becoming a, a professional player? It's it's totally different. We don't have the same system as you have with uh, with like uh, college teams. Uh, that possibility to to uh, proceed or or um, go into the professional kind of playing. You you are you play in and through the, the clubs and as a young player you you go into the probably the, the first team as a young player and you you take it that way or the team has a kind of academy team playing like youth division or something like that mm, okay um but when you come for, from a smaller place smaller city that i am then you you um maybe i i played my first senior game when i was 15 i think wow wow in a lower division of course sure sure and then you make sure that you maybe switch you go into a, go to another club that plays in a higher division or you are scouted or um switch to another club a better club start playing for that so i, I was then i was into division three when i was about 18 i think and then three years later i i went to the, another team that was in the in the third divi division in Sweden so um yeah that's the system you don't go like you have the college system or alternative systems but in, in Sweden it looks different sure sure so at 15 at 18 were you earning income were you earning a wage for your for your playing or do they have rules about at what age you can begin earning I'm not sure if there are rules for that. I, I wasn't paid until I was like, I think I was 20 years old for the, for the first time. Okay. Uh, okay. 
What, what would you say is a, a highlight from your playing days? Like this was, maybe it was a, a key match against a rival team or uh, you scored a goal, a fantastic goal. What, what would you say was your highlight from your, your playing days? Uh, I will pick out, I think, two, two moments. Maybe the first, uh, first memories from a cup game when we played against uh, Malmö. Uh, top uh, top team from the from the Allsvenskan the, the first uh, the first league um when we um, yeah i i uh, did a, a great game from my central defender position and we uh, made a draw 2-2 after 90 minutes and then we uh, kept it another 30 minutes so we uh, it ended up in penalties when when we lost the game but um, yeah, did I you, remember. Did you get to take a penalty kick? Uh, I didn't. <laughs> I'm glad <laughs> that I. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I did a great, great, uh, great performance that game, and it was um, it was a great feeling that you the, maybe the first time I felt that yeah, wow, I can uh, I can make it against the, the better players, and, mm. and they were really good players we were playing against, and uh, you felt you yeah you I'm there kind of yeah. Um, and uh, I think the, the second memory is maybe from 2003 when I was 20, 24. We did a, a great, great, great season in the in the third div- division that we were playing at the moment, and uh, we won almost every game. I was playing. Yeah, we had a great, great team, great first eleven. Uh, that was playing game after game, the same, almost the same eleven. Um, everyone knew what to do. Uh, your role. I was playing a central midfielder, uh, running a lot, which was which was one of my top top skills from my, maybe from cross country skiing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used that skill, and um, I was playing every minute that season, actually. And uh, we, um, the season ended up with uh, with uh, two qualification games um, and we went up to the to the second division wow. after that game so we, we scored when it was like 10 minutes left um, which made us uh, go up to the, to the second division so that was a great feeling um, a, a big achievement a big goal for us too. Matthias a lot of what I know about promotion and relegation from different teams uh, comes mainly from the English leagues. But uh, moving to the second division, does that mean uh, more income for for the club? What are some of the advantages or what are some of the things that come with being promoted up into a a higher league? This is the same in Sweden. And I think we uh, we have a big difference in between the second league and the third league. There's a there's a big line, so it was um, it was a big uh, change for the club to uh, to go up to the to the second division, and um, for the first time we were, were counted as one of the thirty best teams in Sweden, and so. Wow. But, um, we dropped down after we relegated after after one year. So. Okay. Okay. So, there so was how a season? How how many years did you play then? How many years did you play professionally? Um, professional. I, w- I was kind of playing semi-professional. Uh, I would say I was ke- keeping up up my my studies 
for I was studying uh, to become a teacher. Uh, and then the, my my last seasons, I was even working as a teacher beside my football playing. So I was mm. football player part time and a teacher part time. I, I could say, um, but I was playing in that level for maybe I would say twelve years. Wow, that's that's actually a long time uh, in, yeah, in terms was, of football. Yeah, it was six years in the in the first club in my hometown, and then it was another six years in the. In Bud and another club in up in the north of Sweden, where Maria comes from. Very nice. And and you said that you played both central midfielder, central defender, um, and you shared like one of your one of your attributes was your ability to just run and run. Um, what what other attributes? I mean, people are listening, maybe not seeing you. So, uh, did you have uh, you know? When I think of central defenders, especially, I think of some of them have abilities in the air to head the ball or to mark an opponent really well. Uh, maybe their height is an advantage or they have other advantages. What were some of the other advantages you had uh, as a footballer that, that you utilized either as the defender or, or in the midfield position? Yeah. First of all, I, I would say I was a central uh, midfielder most, most of the seasons, but some of the seasons I, I started to, um, to play as a central defender, I think for the first time when I was like 20 years or 22, and made a season there when it was needed one season, and uh, and was I was back as a central midfielder again, and then back to defender. So it was a little bit from season to season, but um, I think I brought took my my midfielder skills into the defender positions, the the skills mm. with uh, the physical skills. Um, a lot of running. I had a good good condition from my my skiing. I like to run. Uh, I was uh, good at heading. Okay. I was able, yeah. able to jump quite quite high, so I was winning a lot of duels out on the field. Um, uh, quite physical uh, player. I had a big engagement in the game. Was able to run a lot. Of, uh, yeah, the mental focus, I think, and uh, the winning the winning style. Yeah. Um, not that many technical skills, but um, I, w- I was doing okay. Um, and I, I brought the, the skills back to my my defender position and role. I, I like to have the have the ball and make some good passes and longer top passes. So, Matthias, was it a challenge to have the teaching, you know, studying to be the teacher? having the teaching role and then playing football as well. Did you feel ever that you were divided and you couldn't give yourself fully to one or the other? Or or was it a um, maybe a sweet balance where both passions were able to, to sort of be um, coming out of you? Like what did that feel like for you as you were going through that time of, of living and having these dual roles? I think it was a kind of balance. It was good to have something else to uh, focus on and to be able to do. But when I when I look in the mirror, uh, I can see that the balance was maybe a little bit too too much for for the making the uh, for making the best um, out of the football playing. Mm. I would sometimes. Um, 
besides this, you know, you have the church. Uh, I was a musician in the church many times and uh, yeah, many engagements. And that was not the best for a football career uh, mm. every day, I think every week. So when I look back, I, I can sometimes think that I, um, I could have balanced it a little bit better a little bit more focused on, on football. But yeah, that was my, my choice at that moment and what I thought was the best for my... I was absolutely giving everything for the, for the football and focused on training and so but But maybe I, I could, have, could have balanced it a little bit better. Sure, sure. How did you know when it was time to, to end the football side and, and to move on from football and to retire? How did you go about that transition? It came quite naturally. Um, I, I, I was getting quite tired of, of playing football in the last years, uh, especially the, the focus you had to, uh, to find every week and you had game day Saturday or you had game day Sunday and you, you had to be very focused in the, in the weekends. And um, yeah, I was, uh, we, uh, had a baby in 2009 and a second child in 2010. So the family took more and more time. Yeah. So the last two seasons, I, w- I was quite divided in between the family life and the, the football playing. Um, actually, I was a kind of player. I, I'm a little bit more liked the trainings than the than the games sometimes. The, the games... Um, it took a lot of effort and mental focus and so for for me and uh, the trainings could be could be easier to uh, to go to but um yeah it was it was a kind of i've been playing for many years i was a little bit tired of playing and the family took more and more time so when i quitted playing in 2011 it was a kind of quite natural feeling and i had many more engagements the music the church the family and uh, training-wise, I switched to uh, to running immediately. So that was my substitute for for football. Nice, nice. Uh, yeah, Matthias, you, Matthias, you've you've mentioned a couple of times uh, church and and playing um, music and your family as well. So share with us a little bit about um, yeah. Tell us about your family. Tell us about uh, your faith as well. Um, and how did it come to be that uh, you were part of the church? And uh, you, you talked about your town where you grew up kind of being a, a church town, but maybe describe that a little bit more for us. Yeah, I'm born and raised in a, in a Christian family, I would say, with a lot of Christian friends. And a, yeah, it was a kind of quite safe environment. Um, I was a part of, of the youth group in the church. And it was very, very natural for me to, uh, to be a part of the church and to go to the services Sundays. And, and so uh, it's kind of a Christian city. So I, I had Christian uh, uh, classmates in the school. Um, I had uh, now and then other Christian players in the, in the team and so on, Christian friends. So um, it was not a big deal to, to co- for me to combine the, the church life and the uh, the football life. Um, I'm. I grew up with three three sisters and parents. 
Um, now today I'm living with my wife Maria, and we have we have four kids, in between five and, and twelve years old. Wow. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm very thankful for my background, for my uh, home city, home city, Örnsköldsvik, and uh, the context. Um, I find it very very natural to be a be a part of the church and at the same time part of the football. Was there ever a tension uh, between the football and and faith? I I know sometimes uh, the church um, can sometimes look down on sport. The church can sometimes make us feel as though sport shouldn't be part of our lives because it competes too much with God or or with um, observing our faith, maybe religiously by going to church or or other things. But did you ever feel that tension yourself or did you, and if not, if you didn't feel that tension, what were, was there any specific ways that you kind of identified or you were able to uh, merge both the faith and the football together so that it didn't maybe have that tension or, or conflict as much? Yeah, I haven't met that myself, but I, of course I've, I've heard the stories and I met people personally that have had a problem in, in the past maybe 10 or 20 years before my career. Mm. Um, but for me, I don't know what the keys are. Maybe the, there has been a blessing from the family all the time. There's been a blessing from the church, from my friends in the church. It's been very natural that I've been playing a lot of football, um, spending a lot of time in the, in the football club. But at the same time, it was very important for me to prioritize the church time. So if I couldn't attend the Sunday service, it was important for me to attend the Saturday evening service either mm. with my friends or Friday evening or, or some, anything like that. Um, okay. I think there was a blessing, a kind of blessing from the football club as well. Um, not really many problems from the, from the football side. That yeah. I, I was a, a uh, are there... Are there football chaplains in in with Swedish football clubs? Uh, not so common, actually. Mm-hmm. If I compare now, when when I'm into that uh, the chaplaincy world a lot more, I can see you have UK or US and so on. Uh, what the systems are like that or traditions with with chaplains? That's a totally new word for me here in Sweden. I never met a chaplain during my own playing. Mm. That's really something I want to give. To, uh, to the Swedish world of football yeah. or Swedish world of, of sports today. We, uh, that's a new, something totally new for us. Well, well sign, sign me up, sign us up. Soccer Chaplains United, we, we will help you. We, will, we, we want to be part of uh, that possibility as yeah. well. Very yeah. thankful for that. Yeah. And, and the more Swedish footballers that I meet, you know, and I ask them, have you ever experienced a chaplain? And they say, no, what is this? And um, and most of them are open to, you know, understanding and and being supported by by a chaplain. So, yeah, maybe maybe there's a future uh, a future place to grow uh, chaplaincy in football in in Sweden. So yeah, it is absolutely. I, I share a thought absolutely. Yeah. And then, uh, from my perspective, it was what I was playing football until I, I think it was when I was like twenty or twenty one years old that I for the first time started thinking of thinking of how, how can I use my faith 
with in my football context in the locker room in the team how can how can i use that and i started to mm. read the bible with a kind of a football glasses with a fo- mm. football minded reading and contextual reading how how can i implement these ver- verses into my my own role or function or situation in the in the football team so that was a new situation for me and from uh, 25 i got in, involved to the to the ministry which, which i'm uh, working in still today but um yeah, yeah there, matthias there tell t- tell us about that ministry tell us about your your work with it's it's crick right crick yeah crick Tell us about Crick and, and what is Crick and, and the work that you do. What specifically? What what is what is the things you're doing? Yeah, when I was 25, we got we got in contact with a Norwegian organization that was called Crick, which means Christian Sports Contact. Um, and one year later, we we brought the organization the initiative to into Sweden and started the same organization in in. Um, Norway, they started in 81, actually, and we started in 2005. Um, and I, I was very passionate immediately. I, I felt here, here we have something that I've been missing during my own playing. I, I want to give this to, to youth uh, in, in Sweden. Um, so I was uh, one of the I was uh, one of the founders in the in the organization and uh, in, was in the board from the start, and then three years later, two thousand eight, I was able to uh, to quit my work as a teacher and step into the role as a leader for for Crick, and there I am still. What What are some of the extensions of work that that Crick does to to integrate sport and youth and Tell us a little bit more. I mean, do you use camps or what? What kind of do you have a curriculum that you lead people through, or or what? It, what does the ministry look like? We are a youth organization, and we um, work with a lot of local groups. We start we start local groups that are doing sport and sharing faith together in different cities, small places, big places, big cities in Sweden. So we have um, uh, approximately 150 groups all over Sweden. Um, those groups is just for leisure playing. No, no one is playing in a, in a league or professional in any way, just gathering people together, youth, youth people or young adult people sure. doing different sports. It can be running, it can be football, it can be volleyball, hmm. floorball, anything. So uh, and in the midst of the gathering, they they have a word together for like five or ten minutes. Um, and besides that, we are doing a lot of camps as well. So that, that's important for us too. And then in the latest, we have started to um, look more and more on how can we be relevant. Like how can we work into the elite level, meet the, the Swedish sport federations with the gospel. Um, so uh, chaplaincy work, it was say. So we have we have a top elite network that we are running today, and we are doing some Bible groups for for uh, top athletes and so. So that, that's um, and that's on on my table. That's one of my tasks. I'm very into that right right now. I'm very happy to be a part of that. Wow, that's exciting. That's that's really exciting. Well, um, 
Matthias, there's a few things that um, I don't think you know about me. Um, and, and I thought that we would do a, a little game here and just take a little bit of a break from, from the interview. But um, a few years ago, uh, I came across this uh, Swedish game that uh, I've really come to love. And uh, I, I tell myself that I am training to be part of the U.S. national team for the game of Kub. So I don't know if you know this game, this uh, Swedish lawn game, Kub, uh, but I've played it a couple times. Uh, I've, I've actually, we played uh, about two years ago, I played against a couple Swedish players that were with uh, the team that I work with, the uh, Colorado Rapids, and we beat the Swedes at this game. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the garden. Uh, yes, yes, the yeah. lawn game, the garden game. Uh, it, now, am I pronouncing it correctly, Kub? Oh. You are. I do, hardly understand what you're saying. You're <laughs> just cube. 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 Yeah, that's great. All right. So, uh, but they were teaching me some of the rules that come from Sweden itself, where uh, Midsummer's Eve game you're playing and, and you have to finish the game by throwing. Uh, so, to describe the game, you have uh, a set of five. Uh, little wooden blocks uh, on each side and you throw wooden batons to kind of knock these blocks down uh, across this uh, field. Once you do that, you arrange uh, the, the fallen blocks into a defensive formation and you're protecting the king. There's a king in the middle of the field and the, the team that finishes gets all the blocks uh, knocked over gets to take the king down. So, um, so with that in mind, I thought that I would play a game of virtual cube uh, with you, Matthias. And so I've asked you to pick five Swedish words, and I have five English words. And so now this is my first time trying to put this game together, so I don't know if it'll work. But my idea is this. You've picked five Swedish words that you're going to try and teach me in one minute. Uh, and so I have to, just like we just did with the word kub, I have to pronounce it correctly in order to knock, knock down the word. Um, and we'll see if I can get through those five. And then I've got five English words that I've tried to pick. I, I did have to go to Google and say, what are some hard English words for Swedish people to pronounce? So, so we'll see how this works. Uh, what I'll do, uh, uh, our listeners can't see this, but I am going to uh, put up uh, onto the screen uh, a little countdown timer so that uh, so that Matthias can see this countdown timer. Um, and I will I will uh, I will let you, Matthias, I'll let you. Do you want to start or do you want me to start on this? Uh, you, you can show the way. So you can, OK, you can OK. So I'm going to what I'll do is I will give you the English word and. And then you will try to pronounce it. Um, so I'm not letting you see it visually. You've got to listen to me and try to pronounce it. And once you pronounce it well, I will. Um, so it's 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 a little bit of back and forth. You know, you'll have yeah. to do the same thing for me. If yeah. if if I feel that you've not pronounced it in a way that an English person, an American person, could understand you. I'll say, nope, here, do it again. You know, I'll just repeat it again, and then you you repeat. Once you pass it, I'll go to the next word, okay? So I have five words. We have a one-minute timer. 
Are you ready, Matthias? I'm so ready. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to read the first word and then I will start the timer as soon as I'm done. Okay, the first English word is joke. Joke. Oh, that was that was good. I think I'm going to lose this. Uh, the the second word, juice. 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 Say it again. Juice. Oh man. I should have picked some harder words. Uh, soccer. Soccer. Okay, here's the one I hope. It's got to stump you. Village. Village. Okay, last word. Baseball. Baseball. Oh, and there you go. 23 seconds still left on the clock. Brilliant. I, I don't think I'm going to do as well with, with my thank five. You. Thank, I, th- I, think, I think you're winning this virtual coup match. Oh. <laughs> okay, so um, I will – unfortunately, I'm controlling the timer, but I will start it after the first Swedish word, and uh, you just feel free um, to – I mean, hopefully – Hopefully there's some some yeah. words in there that are easy to pronounce. But uh, yeah, you tell me when you're ready, and then I will. And give me the first word, and then I, I'll I go. Some some typical Swedish words. Uh, yeah, I'm so kind of, now now to put a, a little a little caveat here. I mean, just give me grace because I grew up watching the Swedish Chef on the Muppets. I don't know if you know about this. Yeah. yeah this character in, in America. And uh, so I have many memories of him uh, making food and, and making these noises that they said was, this is the sweetest chef. So <laughs> hopefully I can do better than he does. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, are, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. First, the first word. Krik. 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 Yeah, that's good. The second word. Mål. 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 Yeah, that's okay. That's okay. Allsvenskan. Uh, Allsvenskan. Allsvenskan. Bra. Yeah, köttbullar. It's meatballs. Köttbullar. Shut, shut, Brunsten. No, I didn't say that right. What? What is? Say it again. Shut, Bullar. Shut, Brunla. Ah, that's that's okay. And the last word, football. Football. Oh, good. Football. All right. Five seconds. So you you won the match. You you are the virt- You're the first virtual coup winner, and I will. Uh, oh. But I can't wait to the day uh, our families can meet and and I will if if you don't have a a cube set I will bring one over from the U.S. and we will we will play a match in your yeah, in your that's, garden. That's <laughs> great garden, great. Yeah, yeah. Oh, great. Well, Matthias, thanks so much for uh, just like being part of the podcast today and with the Alsvenska. Right? Did I say that correct? Well, it was perfect. The the Swedish Football League is beginning uh, sort of the regular season next week, and that's that's part of why I wanted to have you on the podcast today. And and I just want to ask if you would uh, close our time today 
uh, in a bilingual prayer. And would you mind praying in Swedish and in English for us and maybe be praying a blessing over the athletes that are going to be playing uh, in the upcoming weeks. I know many of the teams have already started playing their cup matches already, but um, if you could just pray a blessing over the footballers that uh, are playing in the, in the men's and women's leagues in both Swedish and English, that would be a great blessing for, for me and for our listeners today. Yeah, I would love to. And I will. Uh, I can just add that I, I will meet some of them in uh, tonight in the in the Bible group as well. So, which Fantastic. we try to have every every other Wednesday. So um, it's a it's a blessing to have that uh, group, and we are praying for that group, and we see it grow. Yeah, yeah. We started last summer. So yeah. Well, any way that we can help, you know, I know you and I have collaborated already on sometimes American players that come to play in Sweden or. Or just players, athletes that we may know that have uh, have found a, a new contract with a team in Sweden, and and connecting them to you and to your ministry is important. Until we get the chaplaincy uh, around the the football clubs uh, developed uh, to be connected, so that they have uh, resources for living out their faith is is very important. So um, it's been great to meet and and I know we will do this again so we'll have to pick some harder English and Swedish words for our next virtual kub match but uh we will do that so but Matthias will you close us with uh with a prayer today in both Swedish and English for us yeah absolutely I think I start in Swedish and if I get feeling then we switch to English fantastic Ja Jesus vi tackar dig för att vi har fått haft det här samtalet här nu idag Tackar dig för fantastiska möjligheten att få, få stå i den här tjänsten som vi står. Att få möta upp idrotten och få möta upp fotbollsspelare här med ditt ord. Här är tack för att vi får, får möta de här spelarna nu som är på väg att starta igång sina säsonger efter en lång försäsong nu här. Och utifrån den situation som är just nu med covid också så ber vi lite särskilt här nu när det ska rulla igång här nu framöver. Tackar dig här för bibelgruppen som vi får ha möjlighet att ha. Så där vi möts nu ikväll också. Vi ber för deltagare där, vi ber för lagen, vi ber för lagkamrater, klubbar, alla som är involverade nu i säsongsuppstarten här framöver och de veckor som följer där. Här är vi ber att vi ska få bli, vara utåtriktade. Här är vi ber att vi ska få nå ut med evangelium, nå ut med ditt ord ut i svensk idrott och ut i svenskt, svensk fotbollsspel och det här är bland fotbollsspelare och klubbar. Och vi ber dig herre om din välsignelse över allsvenskan, över de svenska ligorna, över de spelare som vi är i kontakt med här och vi ber om en välsignad säsong som ligger nu här framöver här och vi ber att vi ska få vara, vara precis rätt och vara värdefulla med, med det vi gör från vår, vårt håll också för, för de här sammanhangen. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Matthias. Appreciate you being on the podcast today. And uh, everybody, you've been listening to Rev Brad and Matthias Utisti coming to you from the touchline. <laughs>